It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Mercy is defined as a blessing that is in an act of divine favor or compassion, i.e., may God have mercy on us. Mercy appears 273 times in the King James Bible. Unlike most of the false religions in the world, which idols and gods that show no mercy, love, or compassion. The one and only true God, the God of the Bible, is the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Exodus 34, 6, and 7. Suppose a man were convicted of a crime which carried a death penalty. While on death row, his lawyers file appeal after appeal to stop the state from executing the guilty man. But all appeals are rejected, and finally the day for his execution comes. Minutes before the sentence is to be carried out, the governor of the state decides to stop the execution of the condemned man, commuting his sentence to life in prison. The convicted man's life is spared through the mercy of the governor. The criminal did not receive the penalty of death that his crime deserved, that is, mercy. I'm reminded also of a lady who was recently on CNN, was a grandmother who had been dealing in drugs over the years, and yours truly, President Trump allowed her to go free by way of pardon. So, God's mercy through our president was shown to this lady. It does not matter whether she was black or white, Hispanic or otherwise. That's the power of mercy. Amen. She was set free and pardoned and returned back to society. What we want to look at this morning is the mercy of God. One of the most provocative stories in all biblical history is that of David and Bathsheba. God, in all his awesome, awesomeness, sovereign ways, chose to forgive David after all he had done while he was king of Israel. 
We know the story of David. He was a man after God's own heart. He was a warrior of warrior, warrior of war, warriors. Excuse me, a man of great valor, a man of great integrity, a man that won numerous battles and many more accomplishments. He was a man that was accomplished in many ways more than any man in his time. He was also a man that was in dire need for God's forgiveness. Question is, why did God reach down and extend his mercy toward him and caused him to be the man that God chose to forgive? of such horrendous war crimes and sins against others, and most of all, sins against the God who created him. You might ask another question of how the result of sins of this magnitude could be forgiven. You know, the child that Bathsheba would have had was given birth. She gave birth to that child. And that child died in the process as a result of sin. Now, God had to do something. But he decided to spare David instead of the child. Most of us would think that that was wrong for God to do. Little innocent baby. Didn't have no way of knowing who brought him into this world. Died because of sin. There are a lot of babies in this world that have been birthed as a result of sin. God had mercy on them. Amen. Some of us may have been one of those babies. (laughs) Some of us may have been one of those babies that could have been aborted. Some of us could have been that baby who just barely squeaked by and his life was saved. Only because of God's mercy. My mama told me a story one time. She said, at a family gathering, they had been eating some food. And so, somebody slipped some poison in the food that she was going to eat. And I wouldn't be standing here today (laughs) because the poison passed me by. God had mercy on me. (laughs) It sounds a little giddy, but I'm here to tell you today that because of God's great grace and mercy, we are sitting here today. Amen. Y'all excuse me. 
I didn't mean to tell that story, but it just happened to come out. Just to show you that God's mercy is everlasting. It endures forever and forever and forever. And I'm here to testify today that because of his great grace and mercy that I'm standing here today. <laughs> Amen. Y'all give God a hand please. A hand clap. Hand clap. Amen. Not only me, but there are some here in the audience this morning have escaped death in so many ways. So many of us here can testify that if it had not been for the mercy of God being on our side, where would we be? Now, a lot of people get grace and mercy mixed up, but I'm here to tell you, mercy has enough strength to stand on its own two feet. Amen. Just as sure as you're sitting here today, it was because of the great mercy that God shown to you. Why would God forgive him knowing what he had did was self-inflicted and even premeditated? After all, he did go out outside and he was enticed and drawn by the beauty of Bathsheba. So he decided to inquire about her premeditated while Uriah was out on the battlefield. What a crime to commit. And it's hard for me to even wrap my, my mind around this thing, how that he set it all up. Finally, he kept thinking and thinking and thinking about it. So he said, I'm the king. I can do this. I'm the king. I can summon this woman out of her chambers and have her come and sleep with me. And as I forestated, the results of that sin was a dead baby. Now we sit here today because of God's mercy. And I would go as far as saying even his tender mercies. Then David responds in Psalm 51. He responds quickly and comes to his own rescue and begin to face up to these insurmountable sins by saying, Have mercy upon me, O God. According to your loving kindness, according to the multitudes of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. You remember when we were in school, we had tests and quiz we had to take, and the teacher say, quiz is over switch papers with somebody else 
or she would decide, if she decided to do that, she would take the papers up herself and she would cross out the ones in red ink that were wrong and she might do you the liberty of putting the correct answer on the side. Well, it was the same way God did for for David. Then he goes on a little bit further and asks, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions. Transgressions are wrongdoings, disobedience. He said, I acknowledge my sins. And my sin is always before me. On a day-to-day basis, we're contending for our salvation. Our salvation is on the line from the time we lay down at night until the time we awake the next morning. The moment we kneel down to pray, war is engaged in the heavens to see who would win over our souls. But because of God's mercy, we win and we wake up the next day to live our life. So we ought to give God the praise because his mercy endure forever. And he says, against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. David has the audacity to say to an all-knowing, all-sufficient, all-seeing, all-hearing God. He said, look, God, consider I was brought forth in iniquity, and in my sin my mother conceived me. Isn't that like us sometimes? We have some kind of excuse why we should be forgiven. But God looks beyond that, our fault, and see all of our needs. David's mother, Nitzavet, and Jesse, the father, brought him into the world of sin, but David had to learn for himself how to avoid pitfalls of sin. David grew up with more than one more negative than positives, but he overcame them all by saying to God, have mercy on me. When we get down on our knees every night and pray, or we should be on our knees every night and before we get go to bed and pray, is God have mercy on me. God have mercy on us. Why? Because it passes us through for an escape to live on and see what the next day is going to be. God have mercy on us. In Psalm 69, 
Describe, describes the life of a poor and despised lowly individual, David, who lacks even a single friend to comfort him. It is the voice of a stressed soul who has experienced untold humiliation and disgrace. Through no apparent cause of his own, he is surrounded by enemies who wish to cut him down. Even his own brothers were strangers to him, ravaging and reviling him, bullying him, you name it. The list goes on. But David shouldered the awesome task of caring and tending the sheep. Commentary has it that when David would come in for dinner out of the field from tending the sheep, he would be seated away from everyone else because he smelled bad from handling the sheep all day. No matter how bad we smell or how ugly we look, or how pretty we are, or how fine we think we are. Amen. God still had mercy on us. No doubt, by the time David made it out of the fields, he was probably given the scraps. Matthew 27 34. Then he gave him speaking of Jesus, sour wine mingled with gall to drink. But when he had tasted it, he would not drink. David again says, Behold, consider, Lord, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear gladness. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from thy presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. I want to stop there for a moment. If you ever want to lose anything, don't lose the Holy Spirit. If you lose the Holy Spirit, then there is no life left in you. Because the Holy Spirit produces life and life more abundantly, more than we could ever imagine. The Holy Spirit is the one that Jesus sent back as the comforter to keep us until he comes back again. And this world in such turmoil and uproar and chaos now, until some of us are wishing that it would come back soon. But we have to be ready. And it doesn't take a whole lot for us to get ready. All it takes for us is to do as David did, say, God, have mercy on 
me. God have mercy on us. And that'll set the record straight. That'll wipe clean the slate that was marred by the sin that we may have committed. And when it's all said and done, he said, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. When we make a habit of repenting often, then we will be happy and blessed more than we can ever imagine. Reason being is that sometimes we think that we are too good to repent. And I want to challenge you today as I proceed to close. All you have to do is say, God, have mercy on me.